We're getting a lot of questions from manufacturers on how they can continue to drive their business forward and succeed during COVID-19. And there's a lot of questions specifically about how do I launch products? What do I do about new products coming down the pike? And how do I effectively reach my audience during this quarantine when things are a little bit different? On today's episode, we bring on a manufacturer who's doing that very thing. They've launched a product in the middle of quarantine, in the midst of COVID, and they're doing it successfully. They share some really great strategies on how to leverage virtual selling tactics as well as video to get in front of their audience and what their partners need from them to succeed. If you're looking for some great strategies and tactics on how you can be successful in the current climate, this is an excellent episode for you. All right, let's get into the show. Welcome to the Smarter Building Materials Marketing Podcast, helping you find better ways to grow leads, sales, and outperform your competition. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Williams and Beth Popnikoloff. All right, everybody, this is Smarter Building Materials Marketing, where we believe your online presence should be your best salesperson. I am Zach Williams, joined by my co-host, Beth Popnikolov, and welcome to the show. Beth, how are you doing? Living that work from home life. That's how I'm doing. Well, we've got a great show lined up for you today. Uh, we've got Ryan Gallick, who's the marketing director at Fusion Flory on the show with us today. Welcome to the show, Ryan. Hey, thanks very much for having me. This is great. Uh, I've been looking forward to it. So Ryan, you and I connected and you mentioned something to me about the fact that you wanted to get into like radio broadcasting. Is that right? Or production? Oh, yeah. The beginning of my career, just many moons ago. Yeah, that was my first program. I went to college for radio broadcasting and then essentially worked my way to a job offer in a major market in Toronto. And yeah, when I saw the number, I decided to switch careers. <laughs> I mean, you sound very official. You're, you have a better voice than I do. You totally have a voice for radio. You totally do. You know what? That was the weird thing. Well, I'm, it's better than saying you have a nice face for radio. I know, I know. That, that was always the joke. <laughs> <That's mean. laughs> that was the joke in the industry. Yeah, was, <laughs> it's not something you want to hear, but it, it's still a funny joke. Thanks for that. Yeah, anytime I talk to anyone about being in radio, they're like, oh, you have a nice voice. And I'm like, no, I'm not that guy. <laughs> I'm the guy who records <laughs> oh, and edits. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, but that's, it happens all the time. But thank you. That's cool. So tell us, how'd you go from radio into building products? Talk to us a little about how you got into the industry. Not necessarily a smooth transition, right? <laughs> I went from radio broadcasting to marketing and advertising design. So I, I essentially went to school, right back to school after I was done in the radio broadcasting industry, which was a very short period of time. And when I got over there, I learned all the fundamentals of advertising through really great creative directors and graphic designers, typography people. So I really started at the ground level of design and understanding demographics and what goes into the thinking behind what we do. So it's great. That was a great foundation for me. And then when I graduated, I basically was willing to take a job anywhere, anyone who would have me. Because when you're a junior, you know, you get taken advantage of. So any type of stability is hard to find. So I got into the lighting industry, actually. And I was just designing and pouring out pages and pages of catalog design for a lighting company based out of Richmond Hill, which is in Ontario, and went from there to a flooring company, pretty major sized company, also located in the GTA, was there for about 10 years. Took a little break, got into sheet metal, don't know why, I just needed to change, and then came back to flooring, I was lured back in. I was warned when I left flooring the first time, once you're in it, you know, you can't get out, you know. So did you, so here's my question then, did you seek out a flooring manufacturer or did they seek you out? You're like, gosh, I just can't get enough flooring in my life or like, what, how did that go down? <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, some people that I worked with, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Gave me a call. <laughs> oh my That's gosh, great. you really uh, were like I, being brought back into the family. 
<laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you you just can't escape. And I was warned about that, and I said, "No, nah, you won't. You won't get me." But they got me. Yeah, no, I never had any aspirations to join the flooring industry. It's actually one of the things that I never really paid attention to mm. until I got into the industry itself. You know, we're always looking straight forward, and the cheapest renovation is painting. So you do that, and you feel good about yourself, and you move on with your life. But I mean, changing your flooring is such a huge decision, but it has such a huge impact on your home and the value and all these types of things. And until I entered the industry, I didn't even really notice. I mean, you know, looking down was like the last thing I was doing. Hmm. So you think flooring doesn't matter until you see like green carpet and then you're like, who let that happen? Uh, yeah. I mean, you buy a house that's maybe 30, 40 years mm-hmm. old and it comes in with the rose pink carpet, like you said. I mean, I've seen carpet in bathrooms, you know, oh. which is like, what the hell who let is that going happen? on? <laughs> well, it was just, you know, a different time. It's a different time where mold didn't I exist. Guess. Yeah. Where we just, we didn't know anything. <laughs> we didn't know any better. <laughs> and now we do and everyone's gone hard surface, but it's actually a very interesting industry to me. And I've been in it now for over 10 years. I never would have thought I'd say that, but I'm proud to say it. That's great. So tell me, who does Fusion Flooring, like who do you all market and sell to? We sell to anyone and everyone, (laughs) but mainly our focus of late has been trade, builder, interior designers. We've been putting a lot of time into trade shows, making sure that our brand is out there. Recently in January, when we were allowed to have trade shows, we were at IDS Toronto, which is the interior design show. And we basically got our name out there, gave out some free drinks and lured everybody into our booth. That was effective. We had plans on being in Vancouver this year, but I think, you know, there's 2020 is canceled. (laughs) There's no trade shows that we can go to really. So I know there's been a lot of attempts at virtual, which stinks, but Essentially, we've been trying really hard to, to get through to that market. And at the same time, in the background, which I, you know, I regret not having this prepped in time, but we were just on the cusp, was having a very effective website so we could you know, communicate with the consumers directly as well and have a better offering, virtual offering for them. So those are the main people that we're after, which is very unique to most foreign companies like us. We're, we're a distributor, so it's, that's mainly what, what our focus is. So you said a couple of things that I think we just have to touch on considering COVID-19 is still really affecting the industry and how people sell or how they they can't sell and market. So you said you guys did a lot of trade shows. You're obviously not doing that now. What effective pivots have you made to continue to be able to reach even new customers while everything has been driven online? No, great question. One of the main things that we've been focusing on is video product launches. So uh, luckily, we discussed earlier, I was in radio broadcasting, and the reason why I'm happy that it lent itself extremely well to video editing, right? It was, it was so seamless of a skill set that we applied that skill within our office. So typically, when we launch a new collection of product, we send our territory managers out on the road to go visit their customers and hype up the product, get some excitement going. Hard to do right now. Actually, near impossible. Yeah. So what we did was we thought, you know what, we'll just uh, we'll launch virtually. So we had a couple of videos that we planned out. We went to the showroom, we distanced, and we filmed, and I took it home, and I worked on it at my kitchen table, launched it, and it's been a huge hit. So that's with our retailer base. And you know some of them have their own websites, so they'll push our products through there. Some are offering curbside. Some are offering web meetings for consulting on a flooring decision. So everybody's got their like creative ways of going about it. That's 
a tool that we've tried to provide in order to help during this time because we obviously didn't see it coming. In the background, we're developing our digital presence. We're scaling it up quite substantially and hoping to surpass the competition in a very short period of time. So we're excited about that. I don't want to blow the lid off yet, but our website's going to be completely overhauled and, and very awesome, very interesting and very cutting edge. So that's the thing I wish we had ready right now because, you know, ordering samples, I think is a big deal mm-hmm. for consumers and they can't quite do that right now on our website, but that would have been an extremely effective thing for us to have, which we're working on. And we're almost there. But to me, I think that's the new norm. True. I want to ask you a little more about this video product launch. Yeah. So talk me through like step-by-step, step, like what did you do? You said, okay, we got to launch this product. We're going to record a certain kind of video, like break down, like what's the video? How did you edit? And obviously we'll link to this in the show notes, but what would your edit look like? And then how did you actually promote this to the right people? And then how did you measure it? So basically walking through the whole process, if you can. Sure. Absolutely. I don't know if I can finish off the end part because we just sort of launched it. So that we're tracking, but not we don't have any substantial answers yet, but the process of how we would put a video together would be, okay, what's new, what's exciting, what's a product that's launching that is in the pipeline. We'll take a look at it. We'll, un- we'll understand what's the key differentiation of this product versus others. I think that's the key. You don't want to just throw stuff on the wall and see what sticks. We sell new stuff. We launch new stuff because we have a story to tell. So working with Kim Downey, who is our VP of supply chain and product management, her and I worked on basically the content. So she knows the product quite well. She sources it. And so she wrote up basically a loose script. We compared notes. We did all this virtually. And we just wanted to make sure the only day that we had to get together was for shooting. Looked at the script. You basically just want to outline like what's interesting about this product. Why should I care? Because you sell a lot of hardwood. So why does this one matter? And so we spent a lot of time trying to point that out. Also sort of do some brand building because there's a lot of noise in, in the flooring industry when it comes to brands, and there's not a whole lot of brand loyalty, at least in Canada. I can speak to Canada specifically. Best price or whatever wins a lot of the time. So we have to do a lot of brand storytelling, I think. So we did a bit of that, like what sets us apart, what makes us different, and just sort of infuse that into the content. And then as we did that, we essentially did what a, any good territory manager would do at Fusion that goes and visits a customer, sits down, shows them the product, does what I just said, and explains why. You know, why us and why this and how much. <laughs> we left the how much part out because, you know, retailers like to wheel and deal. So yes. we like to make them happy. So, so we don't put anything in print because what's the point? They're going to haggle anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, it's cool. That's the nature of the business, right? Yeah. And so... And how'd you promote it? We promoted it. Essentially, at this time, we had to... It was an email that we sent out for starters just to get our sales staff in the know. You know, that you don't want your salespeople to find out last. You want them to find out first. So we just did an internal communication to start because you want to educate your people, give them enough time to catch up and understand so they can control the message. After that, we just launched a couple of weeks ago and a new one not so long ago, like days And obviously, you can track web hits. It's hosted on YouTube, on our YouTube channel. Yeah, I was going to ask you, how do I see this video? Is this a plug opportunity? Oh, yeah, 100%. (laughs) This is, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm tossing a giant softball. That's hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, we have a YouTube channel. We don't have a vanity URL yet because I just started the channel not too long ago. So I think I need to get a certain amount of subscribers, which I'm sure this will help. But if you search Fusion Flooring on YouTube, you can find our channel. You'll find the videos easily. We also have a designer series where we've invited 
interior designers in our area to come in and talk to just general design tips and tricks and stuff for your home. It's much more of a soft sell, that series of videos. And we did those because we know people don't want to feel like they're being sold to all the time. They just, they want to be like directed into, you know, into making a decision that's right for them in terms of design. And if that happens to complement the flooring that we sell, then that's great. That's a great content marketing concept. So I just pulled it up here for our listeners. I love this. So is this the new product right here? Which one was it? Okay, new one we just launched recently is the Costello. Yeah, yeah, a little long. We try to keep them shorter, but because these are very content-driven videos where there's a lot of education to be had, I think people are willing to spend a little bit more time. And plus, you know what? We had, we do have some territory managers that have some extremely remote locations that they have to call on. So sending this video out ahead of time and getting an order on the sample boards they need to put into their shows to sell is always a great thing, you know, because some territory managers have a three hour drive to visit one of their customers, which they can feel neglected and left out, which stinks. So they'll probably give them a phone call, go, Hey man, what's going on? How are you doing? How's life? Here's a video. And great. It's almost like a visit. We also have reached out to interior design firms and um, allowed for them to play them in their boutiques and stuff like that. So we're, we're, we're getting the word out. We're going to be posting on social. The only thing that holds me back is they're seven minutes long. People don't tend to want to see videos like that. So Well, you could do micro content, you know, like one thing yeah. we do. And yeah. we, we even do this for the show is like, oh, here's a 30, 60, 90 second micro piece of content. If you want to watch the full thing, you know, go yeah. over here. Yeah. So that's probably what we're going to do. Exactly. So just going to cut into little digestible bits. So you guys have this really creative thing. I, I mean, I just, I love this idea of how you pivoted in order to be able to follow through with your product launch. I don't want to skip over the fact that you launched a product during COVID-19, like during the whole, mm -hmm. the world is on pause, 2020 is canceled. You guys are like, no, we're launching a new product. I would imagine you are one of several manufacturers who had to have that conversation of like, we had product launches on the docket for 2020. Do we do it? How do we do it? Is it going to be profitable? Are we, you know, we're going to be able to break into the market the way that we expect. Can you give us a peek into what ultimately drove you to decide to go ahead with a product launch? Sure. Fear of the unknown is... Not our primary mo uh, driver for why we decided to launch product. I think the more you act normal, the quicker we'll be normal. <laughs> we have new product that's in the pipeline and it can take months to launch and get out effectively. And there's usually a small, like a short period of time where, you know, it takes a while to gain traction. But the reason why I think we still launch product is because we're, we're alive and well, like we're predominantly all employed where there's a lot of our, our competitors and other companies and friends of mine who have been temporarily laid off during this time. And I mean, that's why I feel pretty special because I've been employed the whole time. And the way to do that is to have something to do. And we're, we're excited about the product. So why kill that excitement by not driving forward? At the very least, we can do our homework and get it right up to the front door ready to leave. But we're like, um, you know what? No, <laughs> let's do it. I mean, you know, precautions have to be taken with uh, sanitation and stuff like that, things we're not used to. But I mean, that's really the only added fear. Yeah. I think what also motivated us is that there's a lot of people at home right now. Truth. And they're just sitting there looking at their house going, God, yeah. Yeah. I really need 
I need to do something here. And we fall into that category. You know, like I have so many plans for my house. Flooring was the first thing I did because, you know, I'm close to it. Yeah, I'm getting my siding done. My roofing was going to get done today, but this is a great time to stay on the consumer because they're probably more excited than ever. You know, they can't travel. And that's usually what we compete with. When we talk in the flooring industry, there are three types of purchases. And one is like your car, a vacation, and your home. And home usually falls to the bottom because like, come on, Hawaii. Like how can flooring compete with Hawaii? But like right now it can. (laughs) It's got a leg up. And it's because you can't travel. At least we can in Canada. We're not allowed to leave the country. I haven't had anybody frame it that way. What a great point. That's such (laughs) a more clear perspective than I'm tired of looking at my floor, which is what a lot of people are saying. Like, but also like you have to be home for your floors to be redone, Mm -hmm. right? Like that's a, it's a big time commitment. Well, what I want to ask you, Ryan, in this is it's pretty clear you guys pivoted very quickly as well as stayed on track with your strategy that you're trying to execute. I'd love to hear your perspective on, you know, now that you're in building products, you've been here, what, 10 years, right? Like, what are manufacturers really missing right now? Because everybody's asking, like, everyone's asking, like, what do I need to be doing? Because things are shifting. From your vantage point, where are manufacturers as a, as a whole just completely whiffing right now? Oh, that's great. That's the golden question. Something we're looking at, everybody's guilty in, in the industry, including us, but we recognize it and we recognize that it's something that needs to be addressed. To me, there's a word that I like to throw around and it's called weight. I think that's what's holding our industry back, but it's a two-pronged sort of reason. Like weight, I don't want to wait. This is the Amazon era, right? This is the Google era. Like people want an answer or they want their product at their door. If they're a prime member, they want it in two days. So wait times are always going to be an issue in our industry. But second is the actual literal weight of the item shipping a pallet to someone's house. Is that reasonable? Is that something that, you know, we think we can do? As an industry, we're scared for sure. I say we're all guilty. I also, as a consumer, don't know how comfortable I am with that type of delivery. But when I think about it, because gardening is the other thing that I've taken up, (laughs) because what else is there to do? We had soil delivered in one of those really big, like a cubic yard of soil to our house. Have you ever had one of those delivered to your home? No, but if you'd like to send one to me, I'll totally receive it. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) If we were in the business, you'd get it free for life. I'm just kidding. Yeah, they basically come in this like giant bag and it's, it's actually a measurement term, like a cubic yard of soil. And what they do is they just drive around town, whoever's ordered one, and they have a truck, a giant truck with these yards of soil in these bags with handles. And they have like a forklift that's attached to the back of the truck. It pops off, it picks up a cubic yard, brings it to your driveway, you mark an X on it and it drops it on the X. So I had that happen uh, last week and it was a good experience. It was pretty clean. I ordered online and that was it. But with flooring, I mean, if we can see ourselves being that way and doing business that way, direct to consumer, then I think it's doable, but we're all scared. And the other reason too, is that our retailers, without them, we're, we're nothing. Like we do rely on the relationships with our retailers and a lot of them are, either small franchises or or family-owned businesses. And so we strongly believe in having their backs. So if we went to, you know, direct e-com, that's a slap in the face. So that's the double-edged sword issue I think we, we face in our industry when it comes to that subject. I think there's 
a lot to be had in terms of if we were ready for direct sales e-com, that COVID would have been a great time for us to stay afloat, or if not even actually have a best the best year we've ever had, like other companies. But yeah, I don't know. It, it's tricky. I think that's the major issue. And then when I think about social media and showing the people that are delivering PPE to local hospitals and, and masks and stuff like that, that's been a good thing to see. Not all have been doing it, but the ones that are, I think that that's great. Putting a human a human approach to what we're all going through is is great. I've seen that. That's something that I've seen as going right. But the communication to the consumer, I think, has been a little bit lacking. So to wrap things up, Ryan, what advice would you give a manufacturer who's listening and says, man, I'm, I'm really inspired by how you're really trying to push things online while still supporting your traditional sales channel and relationships? What advice would you give them? Diversify. It never hurts. Yeah, to have only one approach is fine if it's been working for a long time until it's not. And then you have to start from the ground up, possibly venturing into an area you have no familiarity with. So I think it's just good to diversify your knowledge base. Always keep up with what's new, what's going on. You know, If you're an older person, talk to your nieces and nephews who are tech savvy and find out what the hell's going on. Like, Take an interest. Don't, you don't need to know it all. You don't have to like it all. There's a lot of the stuff I don't like. But you need to be aware. And technology is ever-changing, and, and so are the consumers along with it. I mean, buying and purchasing uh, behaviors are changing every year because technology is getting better technologies are improving and yeah people change along with it so to me i would say diversify you can stick to the traditional routes and that's fine and it'll work as long as you've got deep roots in your community or whatever it is but um doesn't hurt to to branch out i think that's great advice that's great so ryan for our listeners if they want to get in contact with you or connect what's the best way for them to do that add me on linkedin or you can email me at R Gallic, R G A L I C K at fusionflooring.com, fusions with a Z. F U Z I O N F L O O R I N G.com. That's great. You can reach me that way. Yeah. Yeah, we'll make sure we link to that in the show notes as well. Ryan, man, thank you so much for coming on the show. And for our listeners, if you want more great content like this, go to venvio.com slash podcast. Until next time, I am Zach Williams alongside Beth Popnikolov. Thanks, everybody. You've been listening to Smarter Building Materials Marketing with Zach Williams and Beth Popnikola. To get the resources mentioned in this podcast, visit venvio.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.